0: Welcome to Peak Community Church. Good to be with you this morning. Our scripture is from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. Matthew 25, verse 31, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for its vision. Thank you for its guidance. Thank you for its light. May that light illuminate every corner of our heart. See what's there. and guide us. Guide us into greater light. Shine in the darkness, Lord. Shine in the darkness. Christ's name we pray, Amen. 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 He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From there he will come again to judge the living and the dead. This is where we were at in the Apostles' Creed, coming to the end of uh, this really long section, the second article, all about Jesus. And this uh, reminds me of um, some advice I have for all of you, but actually um, the advice comes from the last week and a half that I have had from experience. Um, If you would like to be someone who is safe, if you wanna stay safe in this world, I recommend avoiding the future as much as possible. It is not a safe place. Do not go there. Do not go. I'm thinking of several things. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of a prayer request that we've had recently, which is um, a friend in our congregation, um, uh, the Rowles, uh are close friends with another family who lost their young son. Completely unexpected and just simply tragic. Um, on a smaller scale I'm thinking of the fact that um, the Hopkins family has been to children's hospital twice in the last two weeks mm-hmm. and um, everybody's okay everybody's doing okay I'll tell more about it in the um, prayer requests but that's not where you want to be it's not a place that you want to go to when you think about the future that's not where you want to go it's to children's hospital we all know that the future is dangerous. And we have mini- we have ways of minimizing that. I saw an ad recently that said, um, we don't know the future, but we can invest in insurance. So it's, it's an insurance ad, basically. And so how do we mitigate the, the dangers of the future? By an insurance policy. And that's true to some extent. I think insurance does help. Uh, The Hopkins family also had a car accident this week. Again, everybody's fine, Um, but we're grateful for insurance. Yeah, and everybody's okay. Yeah. Um, Investments can also help. They can make a big difference in our future. Staying healthy, even politics. Politics, to a certain extent, at least um, uh, the very kind of core beginning of what politics were about, Uh, was about protecting us from the dangers of the future, whether that was marauding hordes of barbarians or soaring inflation. But the thing about the future is that it remains largely unknown. We didn't know about the last pandemic. Uh, We don't know when the next one's coming. We don't know what Vladimir, Vladimir Putin's going to do next. We don't even know what this winter will hold. And at the same time, our relationship to the future is a big factor in how we act today and in this moment. The decisions we make in the present are dictated by our idea of what's going to happen in the future. How we vote, how we treat one another, the kinds of risks that we take, where we devote our time and our money. Most of that is dictated by our view of the future. So when we come to the creed and we come to this statement, it says something pretty surprising about the future. It says that all we really need to know about the future is that there is a judgment. This is really, I mean, there's a little bit later in the creed about the future, but this is like the the most significant thing about the future that it says. And it says, be comforted. It's okay. There's going to be a judgment. Um, to a lot of us, uh, that doesn't actually sound like good news, but I actually think it is good news to a large number of people. Um, certainly the people who first developed the creed found this to be good news. I mean, every one of these statements they would have gotten killed for. They were constantly under the threat of death. And so the idea of a judgment was good news. Really, anybody who's been mistreated and has not gotten justice, this is good news. Those whose oppressors have escaped judgment. I think many Ukrainians probably celebrate this part of the creed, and probably many Russians who disagree with their leader. Thousands of refugees at our southern border long for judgment, long to be back home. Our text, Matthew 25, shows us essentially what judgment is all about. It's about separating. It's about disentangling the good from the bad. There's a parable where Jesus describes a field, and the field has both wheat and weeds coming up. And um, uh, the only way to separate the wheat and the weeds is to let them all grow up. It's to not try to separate them as they're growing, because if you do, you'll ruin the whole plot. It's too hard To distinguish between good and evil, when things are growing, you have to wait until the end. One weed in our country, and a lot of other countries too, is racism. It's grown up in this country. Sometimes the weed is pretty clear and we can pull it out, but a lot of other times it's very difficult to pull it out on its own. I don't think it's because we lack courage, but because of a very old piece of wisdom. There's a line between good and evil, between the sheep and the goats, and it's drawn through the heart of every human being. How do you pull out the weed without pulling out the heart? Well, there must be a way. There must be a judgment. And the creed says that there is a judgment, and that this is good news, and that God will be the one who can set this right. Again, let me be clear, sometimes there are weeds that we can pull and we should just pull them. You know, it's pretty clear. But ultimately, we hope in a day when God can see all things clearly and pull out what needs to be pulled out. Uh, light is an image that the Bible uses a lot. Um, in John 3, uh, Jesus says, this is the judgment that light has come into the world. Think about light for a second. Um, I don't mean to list everything that's going wrong, but I also have, I'm also sick right now. Um, and uh, I'm not contagious, so don't worry, I'm not currently bathing you in my sick. Um, uh, you'll be fine. Um, but, but I was trying to read like this nasal spray and the writing was so small, like it was just impossible to distinguish. And all I had to do was put it under a very bright light. Does that explain why Sam is not here? <laughs> no, I'll talk about that in a minute, but thank you for asking. Um, I put it under this light, and I was able to see this very, very tiny writing. And it was astonishing how much light made a difference. This is what we do when it comes to justice. We've got flashlights, and we can see some things. But every time you point a flashlight somewhere, you're not pointing it somewhere else. Somewhere else is dark. And then you can move to that spot, and then somewhere else gets dark. God is light. God does not focus light in one spot. God shines light everywhere. And so God is able to see all that is wrong and all that is right and is able to separate the right from the wrong. That is one reason why judgment is good news. Matthew 25 also shows us what the judge is looking for what is right and what is wrong. What do we mean by good and what do we mean by bad? What matters at the end of everything in terms of the decisions that we make from day to day? And it's no surprise what the judge is looking for here in Matthew 25. He's looking for mercy. He wants us to love and serve him, yes, but we do that by being merciful to those in suffering. This is not news. Micah told us the same thing. What the Lord requires of us to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And so this is no shock, even though it comes as a shock to his disciples. The thing about being merciful is that it is very difficult to do if you are anxious about the future and you are spending a great deal of time insulating yourself against the dangers that will come. I feel this tension. You know, we're a church in downtown Fort Collins. Often I pull up to church or I come in my bike or walk or whatever. And I have a lot of important things to do. I'm running a church. My goodness, my importance is is beyond telling. I pull up and there's someone who may have been forced, may have been in a bad situation and may have needed to spend the night out back. And, I, and in my mind, I do this kind of calculus. Do I have the time for this conversation? Or, or must I rush to my important responsibilities? And it's absurd to say out loud, right? I mean, I just, anyway, it's absurd for me because I can't, of course it's important for me to talk to this person. Um, but this is what we do. You know, we have this sort of calculus and we think we're too busy to be merciful. We think we're too busy to be loving. At least that's something that I do. That's not only true of strangers that we come across. That's true of our neighbors. What if you lived next to Jesus? Would you treat your neighbor differently? This whole thing is a real brain buster that Jesus um, shows up in the suffering stranger. Um, Or (laughs) the word is mystery, not brain buster. but, but either way, uh, we can at least say that in the future, um, we're not going to be judged by our intelligence. At the judgment, it's not going to be about, um, you know, the, the sheet you get when you do your taxes of all your charitable contributions. <laughs> that's, that's not what we're going to be judged by. It's not going to be our achievements in business and the workplace. It's not going to be how our kids turned out and what schools they went to. We won't even be judged by whether we were correct on the real hot issues of the day. You could be right. I know, I I know I I probably am wrong on a lot of hot issues. You might be right on all of them. Um, And maybe I'm right, I don't know. I could be, maybe history in a hundred years will say, you know, one guy got it right, it was Eddie. And man, why didn't they listen to him? (laughs) I could be right on all of it, and I could still walk by the jail where Jesus is sleeping in a cell. And I know I've done that, for sure. (laughs) Mercy is the thing that matters most. Being with those who suffer, that's the thing that's going to last. That's the wheat that remains after the rest will be sifted away and pulled out. And the only way we could be freed up to act this way, to live a life like this, is if the one who is judge is the same one who was judged for us. Is the same one whose mother was named Mary, the one who suffered under Roman imperial power, the one who was executed, died, buried, descended into hell, rose again as that person and ascended to the place of all power, all honor, and all glory forever. If the judge at the end of history and time is not some vague universal force, but an Israelite, a Jewish tradesman, with the same scars he received from living in this world, If that is who ascended to the almighty throne to sit and rule over all powers forever, then, yes, I believe that we are free not to have to fear the future, not to have to fear the judgment, not to have to fear any of this. If that one is in fact Jesus Christ, who stands on the other side of history, stands as the truth that will last forever, then we can be confident. He is the judge, and he was judged in our place. He brought justice and mercy together forever. He is the true light that scatters all darkness. He is our only assurance, our only hope, that the future is not a threat, but a gift that we can receive. Amen. Father, we lift up our prayers to your throne, where your Son is seated in almightiness at your right hand, with body and scars. Lord, hear our prayer. Take care of us. Watch over us. Watch over all we love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into these doors. Amen. Go in peace.